What's up, RTC? This is the Career Progressions Podcast, brought to you by RevealTalent.com. I'm your career advocate, Mark Allred. You know, building the career you want is no longer about climbing the ladder of success. Technology and the speed of information have made advancing in your career like climbing a rock wall. Our podcast focuses on the stories of career pros and experts who have climbed before you. What they share will help you find the climbing holds they use to get where they are today. Their stories will help you be proactive, be intentional, and keep moving forward. Today, we're going to talk about career pivots. You know, if you're just not intentional enough about how you want to invest your one life into your career, and you know, even, even if sometimes we are, we sometimes find ourselves with this consuming desire to do something different. It may happen right away. It may happen years into what the world would consider to be a successful career. So, you know, I thought it'd be kind of fun today to do a Google search on celebrities who successfully completed a pivot in their careers. Now, there there were the obvious stories out there like Arnold Schwarzenegger and Dwayne The Rock Johnson, but I found one of a lesser-known actor who went actually to my alma mater, UNC Greensboro, so there's a shout-out for them, Ken, Ken Jeong. And many of you may remember him. He was on that show Community, and he also had a role in The Hangover. Pretty funny guy. So the funny thing is, he set out in his career to become a doctor. He graduated UNCG, he went to med school, and he was actually practicing medicine in New Orleans. But he always had that underlying passion for entertaining. And slowly but surely, that passion just consumed him. Now... He's an established actor, actor with an estimated net worth of about $14 million. But I wonder, can you imagine what his family and his friends were saying to him when he was making a pivot from being a doctor to going into acting? But that's a part of what we want to talk about today. So today I'm so excited to have my coach and the good friend, Kristen Winkleback, with me to discuss the topic of pivoting in your career. Now, Kristen is the founder and CEO of Pivot Point Professionals and the executive director of Social Venture Partners Charlotte. It's a local nonprofit here in the Queen City that provides a path for socially conscious community leaders to invest their time, talents, and financial resources in promising new nonprofits who are committed to attacking social and economic inequality. But that's not all of who she is. That's, uh, that's not who she used to be. For 20 years, she was a successful and passionate leader for multiple Fortune 100 companies in the financial sector. At least she was, until a consuming desire told her it was time to pivot. Hey, Kristen, thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, Mark. It is my pleasure to be here. As you know, uh, pivots have become a bit of a marching order and a, a passion of mine. So I'm delighted to have this conversation. Thanks for the invitation. You you may literally be the poster child for pivots, I think. <laughs> I think there are worse things to be poster children for. Um, so I would honor, I'm honored that you would say that. <laughs> well, so, so here's the thing. It's relevant to our listeners for them to know that when we met, I was just beginning my pivot. Uh, you know, I spent a lot of time in wireless, and here we are now helping folks to just build those those careers. 
Uh, and so I was just beginning. And you were a couple years into yours, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, but meeting you and having the opportunity for you to be my coach, I tell you, it was such an important part of what got me this far. But I think our listeners really want to know, what the heck were you thinking when you left a stable job in a Fortune 100 company after 20 years? What would you well, say? Well, you're... Well, your listeners wouldn't be the only ones. Um, my my family and closest friends and many of my colleagues were actually quite shocked when I started talking about leaving. Um, I had I had climbed up the ladder and and actually far exceeded anything that I'm a small town girl from a farming community in Ohio, um, very blue collar, and so I I think the the where I had been able to go in my career far surpassed any of my wildest expectations and dreams. So on paper, I had landed, you know, as a senior vice president for a major U.S.-based global bank. Um, and and on paper, it looked great. I had, you know, a comfortable salary, ex, you know, expansive benefits, got to do a lot of really unique and both personally and professionally fulfilling business travel. I was developing other leaders and, and just sort of living the American dream in corporate America. But I had this restlessness about my spirit and mm -hmm. it was just this what's next and does it matter? And are you fully using your talents and expertise and really some of your, your purpose driven passion in the best, most effective way. And so I will tell you, it was not a decision I took lightly and it was not a decision I came to overnight. Um, there were months and months of prayerful discernment and exploration and, and advancing my education. You know, I enrolled in a couple of, of courses and, and started really evaluating what was next, mm -hmm. but it became very clear after about I would say maybe 12 to 15 months that I, I needed to make a pivot. Um, what was most shocking was that that pivot was not directly into another industry that that pivot was actually into a sabbatical, which yeah. gave me the space and the time to then more fully investigate and fully work out a plan and, and execute on a plan to allow me to, to really start to make the, the pivot. Wow. Well, so once it finally came to making that decision, what was the toughest part about, you know, really making the commitment to go into this? Well, I think when I made the decision to leave my role, I wasn't going to another role. So when most people leave their jobs, they move into another job. And right. for me, I was moving into a place of rest and a place to recharge and refocus. And that's really, people can understand and appreciate, oh, she left corporate America to go work in nonprofits. Well, mm. that wasn't how, or to go into a, co start her own coaching practice, right? Which I did, um, but I didn't do that right away. And so this decision to move into a space of rest and, and sort of stillness, and when I say stillness, I mean from a professional standpoint, because um, right. I certainly maximize travel and leisure activities and reconnecting with family during my sabbatical. So I was anything but still, but I was, I was hard charging. I was traveling extensively professionally. I was working very long hours. Um, and so to make that shift, that was hard for the people that 
loved me the most in my life, it was hard for them to understand why would I want to do that? I think the other piece is it's an, I was pivoting into the unknown, Mm. right? I didn't know what was next, which is why I took that period of time. And I was very blessed and fortunate. And I need to say that not everyone, it is a place of privilege. And I recognize that not everyone is in that position, but I think it was hardest to become confident at saying, I know this is the right thing, even though I don't know what the steps are, the next steps, getting comfortable and becoming confident and then making sure that those around me who were just wanting what was best for me, getting them to become confident too. Yeah. And saying, it's going to be okay. I've done my due diligence. I prepared financially. I had done the analysis. I'd done all the practical things. Like I had analyzed how long I could be out of work. I had made a plan for my time off. So it wasn't completely unknown, but it was very unorthodox. And I think that's where the world says, don't do it. It's too risky. Mm. And I had, I had become more confident in it. And it was really about getting others confident with me to the degree that, you know, your, your loved ones and your friends and even some of your colleagues, you know, I'd worked at my last company for more than 10 years. They, we, they, I spent more time with them than my own family. Right. So getting them on board too. And once I started walking in confidence, even though I didn't necessarily have all the plans mapped out, they started becoming confident too. You know, and you, you mentioned, you know, just this world of the unknown and you know that I can relate to that. Because yeah. I, I've walked through that place there. In fact, in my time with it, I actually invented a word for the experience. And that word is ex- ex-frightening. It was the yeah. most ex-frightening time of my life. It was so exciting, but it was also so frightening. So, you know, right now, and at the time we're, we're recording this, I mean, we're coming out of a pandemic. Uh, there's all kinds of things being ri- written about job exodus. So many people quitting their jobs to go find something else and perhaps to pivot. Uh, but you know, like like you said, you had some you had some things working for you that enabled you to take the sabbatical time and all. What what kind of advice would you give to some of the folks who are thinking about th- that that you know maybe don't have some of the resources and I, you know what what would be some of the things you'd say in that scenario? I would say be really intentional with the time that you do have. So carve out the time, make it a priority. Maybe you have to say no to some other obligations to give yourself the time to find that stillness Mm. and to find the time for reflection. The world is very loud and the world is very busy and there is a push. And I think that for many people, the pandemic created some of those um, moments of isolation and stillness and quiet because we couldn't just continue on with our social commitments or our travel plans or others. And so I do think that it's that forced stillness that have allowed people to, to get to this place where they realize they need to make a, a change. But for those that don't have the luxury of just pushing the big red pause button right. and saying, I'm not going to work any longer, what I would say is that you still have to find the time. And I will share with you a tool that I used while I was still working before I made the the move into my sabbatical to create the space that helped me get clarity. And that was, I sort of implemented my own version of Sabbath. And I realized that that has religious connotations, yeah. but I think it has practical application for anyone, regardless of your beliefs. And that is carving out some time. I mean, 
I started with four hours on the weekend and I just said, I'm not going to make any commitments. I'm not going to obligate myself. I'm going to use that time to find ways to recharge myself and to do some of that quiet reflection. Journaling played a big part for me is just writing out my just sort of free form, like what's going through my head, what are ideas I have, kind of a brainstorming or a, or even writing out and addressing some of my emotional concerns, fears, you know, all of those pieces. I eventually though worked over time to increase that to a full day. And then I would say about six months into my 12 to 15 months of discernment leading up to my sabbatical, then I started taking personal retreats. I would take a day off. And I would go away to a different place and, you know, and that could be a coffee shop or in my case, it was a retreat center locally that I went to. And that was just a gift that I invested in myself to say, I'm going to step apart from the world and I'm going to really give myself the space and the time with the intentionality to reflect and to brainstorm and to dream a bit. And so I think there are ways that if you don't have the ability to take that big period of time off, you do have to be very intentional. Otherwise your schedules and your commitments and your obligations personally, professionally to your family, um, it will just crowd it out and and you will be last on your priority list. And if you're really serious about making a move and being intentional about that move, you've got to find time. You've got to make that a priority and you may have to temporarily say no to some things so that you can say yes to discerning what your next move could be. You know, and I love that in in the matter of like 20 seconds, you use the word intentional twice. That's an important word. Uh, (laughs) You know, truly just getting intentional about things. And you mentioned also journaling, which I did. As I recall, I think through some prompting in one of our coaching sessions, uh, I picked up Ben and, and started journaling the journey through the land between land between the work that I had and where, yeah. where I was going to be. And I tell you, it, it's therapeutic. And it's been very interesting looking back at that journal and and reading it from the new place of where I was in my life. So with that in mind, you know, you, you helped me with some of this, but we did a little research. And, uh, you know, about a year after you made the difficult decision to leave corporate America. You were a guest on Patricia Brooks's podcast. It's a podcast called Discovering Courage. And for those of you who'd like to check that out, we'll drop the link in our show notes. And during that podcast, she asked you something. And she asked, in what ways, in what ways do you feel more confident and bold after taking the leap you took? So here's what she said. I think I'm really grateful that I didn't wonder what if I think I've spent a lot, a lot of my life wondering what if, and it was a whole lot easier and a whole lot more socially acceptable and financially stable to continue on the path that the world tells you is the measure of success. And so I think I now know that, sure, bad things can happen and trajectories change. And, and, I, and as I look back, I've survived a series of pivotal points in my own life, some that were intentional and purposeful that I chose to make, and then some others like the loss of a job or a divorce that I didn't plan. And I really started to realize that it's how you tackle those pivotal points in your life. Always better to be intentional, but even for the ones that you have to react to, 
you get to choose how you react. You get to choose the choices that you make and the decisions that will determine your next set of steps. And so I feel a whole lot more confident in my ability to discern what is really the right step for me to take, as well as considering what is really the worst case scenario. And if that worst case scenario, you take it to the nth degree, and then you step back and say, well, how likely is that even to happen? And you make an informed decision. And so that's, that's been the formula that I've used. I mean, I certainly can't underscore enough the power that my faith and discernment played in my decision-making. And that wasn't always the case. That's, that's been something that has grown over time as I've encountered some of these really difficult and unwanted pivots in my own life, my faith and my discernment process and my prayer life have been hugely instrumental in helping me make better choices for myself. So flash forward to today, and I know you've experienced a few more life quakes and challenges since then, a lot of things we've talked about in our time together, some brought uh, on by your pivot, but others that were completely unrelated. So listening to what you said again, would you change anything about it at this point in the journey? I think the formula that I shared about, you know, really being intentional, thinking through kind of worst case scenario, what's the likelihood of it happening? I think all of those still play into my process today. And certainly, you know, intentionality is central and core. you're You're in somewhat of control about the actions and the reactions that you express or take. I think the difference that the experience of pivots. And so I didn't just jump, like I said, I didn't just jump in from one job into another um, straight away. I would say that I consider pivoting much more of an evolutionary process that it is very rarely go from point A to point T, for example, Mm. in one big move. I think that I would say I have much more comfort with incremental adjustments and not putting so much pressure on myself to identify the perfect next step that sometimes forward progress doesn't come in the form of a giant leap from one thing to the next. Sometimes it comes much more in the series of incremental steps. But if you don't take any steps forward, you're not moving forward. And so we can really get consumed in sort of an analysis paralysis, and especially for goal-oriented goal type A successful leaders and professionals, you want to be sure you got it perfect. You want to be sure you got it right. And quite honestly, there's just no guarantees in life. And, and I think I'm much more action-oriented now. I still do the reflection and the discernment, and I still take the steps you know, to evaluate my options, but I'm less afraid to take steps. And I recognize the value that taking steps, even if they're small, even if you're not sure you went in the right direction, forward progress brings you more data, brings you more life experience, brings you more people that you might meet and have those sort of divine appointments, as I like to call them. Right. So I think that I, I probably don't share in what I said three years ago, I probably don't put enough emphasis on taking action. And, and that's an equally important part to that intentional discernment. 
you know, and I love the concept you're talking about with just taking a step, just moving, keep moving forward. And, and again, another very important concept around here, keep moving forward. I had a client once that we were talking about things and there were steps they were taking that didn't go anywhere. They, they were, you know, a, a big word, but failures, they just, they didn't go somewhere. They didn't fit. And they were struggling with that. And I gave them an analogy and I don't know if people make puzzles anymore, but I still do. If you're putting a puzzle together, Part of that process is going through this pile of pieces and taking this piece and trying to put it where you're trying to put it. And it's a process of this piece doesn't fit. Now, you could throw it back in the same pile. I don't know why you'd do that. But <laughs> the reality is you take it and you put it over here. I tried it. It didn't fit. And I keep moving. It's not an invaluable step. Because you're, you're creating a process of elimination that's going to lead you to that right answer. That's how you get that right piece to fall into the puzzle. So, yeah, so like you're saying, a, you know, just taking a step, even if it's not necessarily the right one, isn't necessarily a step backward. You just have to see it as eliminating getting you to that right thing. Great. I absolutely agree with that. And I think that it is, it is a you are collecting data and facts and and it's it's life lived experience and if you don't if you don't take that step or if you don't evaluate that piece and whether or not it fits you'll you'll still be wondering you'll, right. you're still you still haven't advanced in your progress towards finding the right fit and that's where i think a lot of people can get really hung up in i want to make so sure and be so certain that the next step is the right step that i avoid taking any steps at all and that just doesn't, it doesn't help you advance. Right. You're so right. All right, Kristen. Well, this is that point where I always ask my guests to get just a little vulnerable and to share a time, um, a day in the life uh, of your, in this case, of your pivot, where you, may, you maybe felt the most discouraged and frustrated. So can you think of, you know, a, a day or maybe the day that you felt like that? How did you deal with it? What was it like for you and how did you get through it? Yeah, I think just because you make a pivot into something that you're excited about doesn't mean that there won't be hard days and doesn't mean that there won't be challenges. So I can think of two scenarios, one in which happened about a year after my, a year into my sabbatical you know, and I had a plan that said I was going to be out of the workforce for exactly a year. And I had financial reserves and I had done all the things I needed to do. And I was coming upon the end of the year and I was at the very final stages of interviewing for a job in higher education. And I was certain I was going to get it. I walked away from the interview. We had talked about my onboarding. We had talked about what it would like be like to be for me to be part of the team. So I walked out of there thinking I nailed it. Like, I'm going to get this job. I'm going to start, you know. January of 2019 with a new career and I've, I've arrived. And then the institution made a strategic decision to not fill the role and to dedicate those dollars to a different type of, of position, one of which I've not was not qualified for. So my hopes and dreams and thought I had arrived and everything according to quote unquote my plan was going as expected. And I found myself in January of 19 starting over. Wow. So it was incredibly challenging mentally. What I realized, though, is 
I had gotten myself to the final rounds based on a series of networking and being proactive in my career search. So I just had to pick that up and, and restart it. Um, right. it. It told me that you never, ever want to just, quote unquote, stop you know, expanding your network, stop looking for opportunities or learning um, the value of that because it's inertia, right? And if you stop your momentum, it's it's harder to get it restarted. So I learned that. The second thing I would say is there's been many a time um, I started my coaching practice. I realized that I really enjoy collaboration. And then this opportunity presented itself in the fall of 2019 for me to shift in addition to keeping my coaching practice to dedicate more of my full-time energy towards being the executive director for social venture partner, Charlotte. And that was a completely brand new industry. And there have been many times over the last 20 months that I've served in that role where I just encountered something, I mean, especially amongst the pandemic, right? We, the whole world has encountered things that we just didn't know how to do. Yeah. Um, and so there's been many times where I found myself going, what have I gotten myself into? Like, how did I think I could actually do this job? And that's where the negative self-talk can really creep in, the doubts, the worries. And, and I think what I would just say is, like I've said before, keep moving forward. Don't, you know, don't stop. If you're in the middle of the most challenging season of your career or of your life, well, by all means, don't stop and stay there. Right. You know, keep looking for ways, keep looking for people to encourage you, to uplift you. Don't try to do this in isolation. You know, when you're having a hard day, reach out to someone. If you're struggling with something, look for people who are further down the path than, than you are to reach out and say, help me share your expertise here. Help me figure out how to how to navigate this uncertain situation. And I think the other core foundation to that is, and it's been key to my success over my entire career is never stop learning. Right. Like always, always keep looking for ways to advance your skills, to advance your knowledge, to partner with people who have that knowledge. You don't have to be the expert in everything. And so I think when I realized, you know, and the end, that process of looking back, so looking back in my career, even in my corporate career, when I thought they don't know what they're doing by promoting me into this job, <laughs> that imposter syndrome starts to set in, right? right? I don't know how to do this. Well, guess what? I successfully figured out how to rise to the top in every role that I had ever had. So what would make me think that I can't do that same thing now that I'm spending more of my time in the nonprofit sector? I'm employing the same successful strategies, leaning into my same strengths around relationship building, around continuous learning, around, you know, forward progress and goal setting and that spirit of optimism. So it's just applying all those things in a new industry. Right. But, you know, now things are getting easier. I'm getting better. I'm acquiring skills. I'm being more efficient. I've got more partners and more relationships and more resources at my disposal. So I would just say that if you look back on your, on your life, whether that's personally or professionally, you've come through hard seasons before and you will come through, you'll come through this hard season too. Yeah. And Kristen, you know, very recently, a very wise person said to me, and I think it might have been you, although I can't remember, I'm getting old. But they <laughs> said, hey, if you're going through hell, don't stop. 
don't stop. You need to get to the other side. And, and that's true. I mean, we can't let, you know, the tough situations that we're dealing with paralyze us. We've got to keep moving forward. Absolutely. It's one of my favorite sayings. I think it was, we, we certainly, I, I espouse that to a lot of my coaching clients. I espouse that to nonprofit leaders in, in my sector, you know, we're overworked and under-resourced. And so there are hard seasons. And I think it's that continuous eyes forward. That doesn't mean you ignore what you learn. And it doesn't mean that you don't learn from past experience, but it's that keep facing forward, keep keep the momentum going so that you can get through that hard season as quickly as, as possible. Yeah. Well, let me say this, Kristen, I am, I'm very, very grateful for your pivot because had you not pivoted when you did, you wouldn't have probably moved into my lane and we (laughs) wouldn't have had the chance to, to get to know each other. And I thank you so much for taking time out of your, your busy schedule. Cause I know in the nonprofit sector, you are uh, lighting some really good things up over there and uh, making some good things happen and still working really, really hard. So thank you for taking time out of your schedule and being here. And I hope maybe sometime in the future we can get you back and talk about some other exciting things. Absolutely. And I I would say the same thing to you. I totally am grateful that our paths crossed. And I'm not sure who helped more um, because of our reciprocal coaching arrangement. You certainly were wise. and, And I think that's the big piece I would just tell people is you don't have to do this in isolation. And in fact... You know, you don't have to put your whole world out there for the whole, you know, universe to know what's going on. But I find that, you know, inviting people to come alongside you and where you need help, you know, not being afraid to ask for that help and being really honest with yourself. You know, I tell people all the time, I don't break promises to other people, but I break promises to myself all the time. And that's where coaching relationships and support opportunities and people coming alongside you to just check in and help hold yourself accountable to forward progress can be absolutely invaluable. So I would love to, there's so many more things we can unpack here, but I'm grateful for our time today. And I hope that your listeners will take something away that they can try, you know, um, progression is, is a series of trial and error. And hopefully people took away one or two things practically and tactically that they could could give it a chance and see how it works for them on their journey. Yeah. And, and for the listeners out there that this maybe really lit a spark for you and, and there's a lot more you want to think through. Remember, that's what Reveal Talent Community is all about. It's a place for professionals, particularly career minded professionals to come together and to share ideas and to support each other and to encourage each other and to be here together on this journey that is life, but is also hopefully a meaningful career. So remember, it's revealtalent.com, and we also have there the Career Pro Pathway, where we can help you think through all the different things that are a part of putting together a plan that's going to create the career that you want, and not just the career that the world wants you to have. So for all of those pivoting out there, I hope you've gotten some wonderful uh, insights from Kristen, and Kristen, thanks again for stopping by. I am delighted to be here and I wish everybody the greatest success um, in whatever measure of pivot that they're undertaking or evaluating today. Well, man, we got a lot of wisdom today from a bold professional 
who had the courage to follow that inner voice and step into the unknown. You know, some of the key points I got from our conversation is that you need to make time for reflection, time to look back and evaluate where you've been, but you also need to be intentional about considering how you want to move forward. You know, she even went as far as establishing a personal Sabbath, so to speak, to reserve time for the activities that will get her where she wanted to be. The key was continuing to move forward and recognizing that even if some of the steps that you take aren't perfect, they're still an important part of your journey. Thanks so much for listening today. Every investment you make in your personal development is precious, and we hope the time you've invested with us today will spark thoughts and plans that will help you find the next climbing hold on the rock wall of your career. We hope you'll join us again soon, but until then, be proactive, be intentional, and keep moving forward.